I'm Phil DeLuca. I'm Sean Watson. And we are Commander In. There's probably some music here, again. Mandarin. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks for coming to hang out with us again. We put a spotlight on community issues, but never ever talk about four banned topics. Religion, politics, Hearthstone, and hip-hop. You should visit patreon.com slash commanderandmtg if you want to support the show. We appreciate even a buck a show. It's fantastic and helps us keep the lights on, as it were. Mm. Don't forget to visit us on YouTube. <laughs> And of course, and now we will provide the link after some feedback that we didn't provide the link, Sean, but we'll provide the link to Sean's GoFundMe so we can try to get Sean to Las Vegas for the GP. And we'll have some live action shenanigans, won't we? Yeah, we're doing okay with that. We are getting close to the time, though. So, um, mm-hmm. yep, no pressure. Yep. And I have pledged, once we reach 900 pounds, I have pledged to make up the balance there. Yay. Phil, how would you describe this week's show that we've got lined up for us? (laughs) It's wonderful. We have a wonderful show lined up. We brought Sheldon Mennery on to talk about the ban list updates for Commander that came through on Monday. Though he needs no introduction, of course, we will remind newer players and listeners that he is the first among equals, if you will, (laughs) of the Rules Committee, (laughs) which acts as a sort of a governing body for Commander. Welcome back to the show again, Sheldon. Thanks for having me on, fellas. I really appreciate it. And I always have fun when I'm here, so. Awesome. Well, we do have to make it more frequent, and how did you put it before? When the barbarians are not oh, yes. at the when the, gates. When the, when the barbarians aren't at the gates. <laughs> Which, you know, I gotta I gotta be honest, that might be never. So On weeks like <laughs> this, Sheldon, where you have to make news announcements that may or may not be contentious, do you consider yourself the Sean Spicer of the Rules Committee? No. I can actually <laughs> I can actually string together a coherent sentence for one. What? Um <laughs> I check my facts usually before I uh, before I spit them out, and uh, I thought we didn't talk about politics. And you look nothing like Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, um, <laughs> there was a bit maybe maybe three weeks ago on uh, the Colbert show when Steve Martin came on to help him do the cold intro, and right at the end, Steve Martin says, "I gotta go. I gotta go help um, Sean Spicer practice his Melissa McCarthy impression." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, there's the genius of Steve Martin right there. Yeah. <laughs> you are right. We are breaking uh, rule two. Politics is two, yeah. Politics but, is two, yeah. Yeah. We have we have just lost about 30 listeners, and we'll get uh, hate mail from all of them. Well, <laughs> as you'll be aware, Sean Spicer has tapped into the uh, Sean network, so me and Tabaras yes. can psychically communicate with him. Uh, we tell him what to say, so blame us. Um, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Now, Sheldon, we were we were going to have you on for Commander 2016, the celebration, if you will, of the four color commanders. But uh, uh, you had some health issues. What happened? 
the day before Thanksgiving, as a matter of fact, I was diagnosed with throat cancer. Um, the good news, if there's any good news, is that it's the extremely treatable kind. Um, and it hadn't progressed too terribly far. Um, I went through six weeks of radiation treatments. Uh, that was, um, wow. Six weeks of six a week. Uh, oh, so that, yeah, there two on Thursday and that, that obviously was a bit of a beating. Um, it's been two and a half months since I had my last treatment. Um, I'm not going to find out anything till the end of May when uh, I have another scan to see if they got it all. Um, wow. The doctors, the doctors, now, I, I mean, I'm really fortunate that uh, I have one of the greatest cancer facil treatment facilities in the world in my neighborhood, uh, yeah. Moffat Cancer Center. Um, the doctors there are fantastic. And I got to tell you, their confidence that they can cure me is a little unsettling. <laughs> right? Because you hear that you have cancer and a lot of dark thoughts go through your mind. Uh -huh, and yeah. these these remarkable professionals were like, we got this. We do this all the time. And I mean, they're talking about 90 and 95% cure rates. Um so, uh, I'm, you know, it's, it's been, it's been quite an experience. Um, like I said, there, there have been some, there have been some dark times, but the, the community of friends, the broader community of, of friends that I have, um, in the magic, in the magic world has been fantastic. Uh, certainly my close circle of friends has been amazing, um, fellow rules committee members, uh, Scott Larrabee and Toby Elliott actually flew here to Florida to take care of me when my wife had to travel. Wow. So, um, Toby, Toby actually drove me back and forth to my appointments when, um, in, in the middle there, um, but I certainly couldn't drive myself in, in addition to the, the beating I was taken from the radiation I was on some pretty heavy duty painkillers. Um, and yeah, they just, they just came and took care of me so that, uh, so that, uh, Gretchen could go travel. And, uh, the, the experience is certainly enlightening. Um, I'm not sure if keeping a positive attitude is going to make a difference in the result in the long run, but what I know about keeping a positive attitude is it's going to make my life better and it's going to make the life of the people around me better. So, right. so, uh, you know, at this point I'm, I'm moving forward. Um, if it's the absolute worst case scenario, it's not really a hell of a lot that I can do. Um, so I'm, I'm moving forward and I'm doing all the things that like we were talking before the show, just doing all the things that I do. Um, you know, I'm playing magic and I'm, I just finished up a major research project at school and, um, I'm moving on. Wow. Um, what can we say except we admire your fortitude? Thanks. Yeah, it's. Um, I can only imagine, because I've not gone through it myself, but, you know, close people have gone through similar to me, and uh, it's that radiation therapy is rough. So uh, mm. you're showing some steel cojones, as they say. To, uh, <laughs> well, I did, I, get it, I, I did catch up on a lot of my Netflix list. <laughs> Because there, were, there, there, there were days, there were days when 
get out of bed for two hours maybe and then yeah that was all i could manage oh. but uh, the the one thing that i that i'm uh, i don't know i don't want to say proud of but uh, the one thing that i did was i made sure that i ate at least one solid meal every day um yeah it didn't matter how excruciating it was um uh the doctors told me that 10 years ago any throat cancer they put a feeding tube in right away um, and the speech therapist said no you know she said, like we stopped doing that because we realized that there were some people that didn't need it and it made their th their muscles in their throat atrophy oh mm, right so we only put feeding tubes into people who absolutely need it and i was bound and determined that that wasn't going to be me so i yeah there again there were there were a few rough patches but i i made sure i ate at least one solid meal a day um and then supplemented for the rest um you know having been a weightlifter back in the day i wasn't a stranger to protein shakes mm -hmm. so that wasn't that bad i mean i, I shed a few pounds but uh, then again i had a few pounds to shed so <laughs> <laughs> So you got kind of into a lean fighting trend. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, bear in mind you're talking to us on an audio medium and you had throat cancer. You sound fabulous, uh, fabulous. Thanks for saying so, Sean. Um, yeah. I'm still, even though it's been almost, uh, like I said, two and a half months, the radiation is still in there working. Um, uh, the way radiation kills cancer, you know, once, once you, once you get this disease, you become an expert on it, um, hmm. uh, is it doesn't kill the cells. It kills the DNA in the cells. So it's not getting rid of the cells, the, the cancer cells themselves. It's making it so they can't replicate themselves. Right. Um, and one of the, one of the side effects is that my mouth is extremely dry. Uh, like a, like it shuts down a bunch of the saliva production. So uh, hmm. as we're talking, if you hear me take a sip, that's uh, because uh, I got to keep moisturized. You're not doing a Mark Rosewater impression. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or a Marco Rubio. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about magic. Let's talk about magic. Well, Sheldon, we're uh, we're awfully glad you've taken the time to come visit us. I. I can only imagine how difficult uh, the last few months have been. And thanks. Yeah, of course, appreciate it. So we're going to get into the meaty topic in just a bit. But are you are you playtesting or playing anything new? Well, um, we just two weeks ago now just drafted our Commander 2016 rotisserie draft. Nice. Two of my regular Monday Night Gamers, uh, Keith Bogart and Shay Rutenberg. Uh, have been joined by one of the Armada Games regulars, Anthony Rueda, and uh, one of our close friends, uh, Tom Delia, who you might know as MTG Radio, oh, yeah. uh, and his Commander podcast. Uh, so we just just drafted the Commander's 2016 decks. We um, we assigned the Commanders at random and then picked draft seats at random. But from there went into the the draft basically like a Rochester draft. Uh, so it's uh, it's True singleton. There's only one of any card in the draft, uh, but right. the, the way it's the way it snakes. If you're like I was in seat one um, in round, or I was in seat one, so I drafted first in round one, which meant then I had the wheel in round two, and so forth and so on. Right. 
and who did you end up with? I got Idris, uh, Maelstrom, Wielder, and mm. for the, the last rotisserie draft, I had Bant. I was the only control player, really the only control player at the table, and I really didn't want to do that again. So I'm, I'm definitely the beatdown now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to write about this. Um, I think it'll be the article will be two weeks from now or so. Yeah, so it'll be this. It'll actually be uh, next week that that'll air. And I'm going to go through the entire draft. You know, what I was thinking, what the surprises were. Being in seat one, you obviously know what card I took, right? Um, Cyclonic Rift? It's not a terrible guess. It's not a terrible guess, Sean. I took uh, Solemn Simulacrum uh, with the first pick. Really? Yeah. Ooh, even though you have access to green and blue. I mean, there's four other green players, so I know that we're going to battle over some of it. And I decided not to battle over the best ramp. So I took I took Solemn as my first pick. And then uh, as the last pick around one, I took Oracle of Moldiah. Mm-hmm. And then in round two, when I was on the wheel, I took Cyclonic Rift and survival of the fittest wow someone else didn't go for psych rift on the first drop yeah I, fools round one was saw i picked solemn tom delia surprised us all and picked sol ring i figured with a with four color decks sol ring might go way later than round one again all the green decks are thinking about battling for the mana fixing more than anything anthony drafted karamitra with his first pick wow yeah that, that was a little bit of surprise but but Anthony then drafted this really tight sort of land deck. Mm-hmm. Again, you'll see the details in the Star City article. Shea drafted Command Tower first, and then Keith on the wheel sort of laid his hand on the table right from the beginning, drafting Eldrazi Displacer and Deadeye Navigator. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah. I'm going tomorrow to Armada Games, and we are going to play for the first time. Oh, that's exciting. So that's my, that's really my latest, the, the latest thing that I'm paying attention to. Um, at, you know, as always, I'm, I'm building something. I just built a vehicles deck with Glissa. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I figured my vehicles Glissa. get blown up. Hmm. Glissa's going to just bring them back. I presume you mean the traitor rather than the... Yeah, the traitor, yeah. Um, well, I didn't think about that. When I think vehicles, I just think... Depala or King Macar. King Macar. King Macar's. Uh, ooh, maybe. Oh, he's a good vehicles commander because you're getting those free taps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you use any other? Um, inspired was it? Yeah, inspired. All right mechanic, but not all right mechanic at the same time. Well, with yeah. Macar, it's pretty good because it exiles on the untap. Right. right, and and it gives you a, a what is it? A gold token. Gold. It casts the spell Guild, which is a surprisingly good spell, by the way. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited about Anaket. Usually my review and my set review, I try to keep to 4,000 words. Um, the meat of the normal article um, is usually 2,000, 2,500 words. Sometimes I creep toward 3,000. I try to keep the reviews less than 4,000 words. Um, as I was writing it, like the weekend before it was due, uh, I pinged uh, Danny West, who's the content editor, um, and said, hey, uh, I'm at 5,000 words and I'm barely getting started. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's why we ended up, I ended up with a two-parter because uh, it was just, it was too, I'm just so like over the moon about Amonkhet and um, uh, my, my deck update article is going up tomorrow and uh, I think it's, you know, there's like, 
63 cards or something that I'm trying to squeeze into my decks. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. I sort of brainstormed Hapatra Bazir of Poison's deck when she first got previewed, but at that point I hadn't seen all the cards. Now that we've gotten the full list, I think that'll, that'll probably be the next deck that I build. Josh Lee Kwai built one for Game Nights number six, because they previewed it actually on Game Nights, and um, he did a deck rundown on their latest episode, The Command Zone. And it's all about minus one, minus one counters, of course, and putting them on and just getting a whole lot of snake tokens out of it. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. It's pretty fun. Farika, the god of Golgari, should have been doing what Hapatra ended up doing. Yeah, Farika was a big miss. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the one that exiles the, the graveyard card, right? Yeah, yeah. and yeah, gives the, the owner of the exiled card the, the snake, snake token. <laughs> right. Just a small tweak would have fixed that. If you got the snake, it would have been really good. Yeah. Well, not really good, but it would have been, you know, at least interesting to brew with. Right. It would have been played. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen a f- little bit of it just as some just some graveyard hate. Yeah, but if you're I doing mean, that, you might as well drop white into your color mix and run Anafenza. Yeah, that's okay. As long as you're not playing against people that like clones, <laughs> because they're just going to clone your Anafenza and your graveyard is I mean, going to get nuked too. Oh, that would be struggling. I I play with clones a lot, so I was about to say every play group I play in likes clones, but then I realized that's yeah. because I'm in them. <laughs> I'm running an Anafenza deck, and I have a lot of targeted removals so that if somebody does clone Anafenza or even sees her, I can shoot her and, uh, right. or shoot the clone. Put her out of her misery. Yeah, basically. Save my graveyard because uh, I don't want you touching it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I will just say that I was inspired by your league to start a Commander 2016 league of my own. I ended up with Brea. We adopted, we adapted the drafting rules, and we've been having fun. We've been missing a lot because life has been interfering a tremendous amount lately. But uh, thank you for sharing what you did because now I have a very fun league. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, uh, I have it on good authority that. Uh, there are some folks uh, in R&D that are considering doing a, their rotisserie draft of their own. Well, I look forward to hearing about that, too. Yeah. The main topic. This week, Sheldon, I'm going to say you banned a card and unbanned a card. And actually, of course, it was the Rules Committee. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, of course, the banning of Leovold and the unbanning of Protean Hulk. But before we get started... Um, there's a topic that always that makes its round every time there's a, even a discussion of the rules committee or, or any sort of a change to the ban list. How do we know that the rules committee is not living in their own bubble and is actually in touch with the larger player base outside of Armada games? Well, I guess I said so is not the right answer, right? so the idea the idea that we were ever out of touch and uh that only things that are modern games mattered is is a huge misconception and i think one of the issues there is that they've been my local game store since like 2008 maybe even 2007 and i'm the only person on the rc who's got such a large platform to speak about the format right um, you know, yeah. I, I, I write about it just about every week of the year. Uh, so obviously I'm going to talk about my local game store. 
Toby had a LGS when he lived in Palo Alto. He's got a new one now that he lives in Boston. But, uh, you know, Gavin had one when he lived in the frozen tundra wherever in Canada. Um, <laughs> and, and, and weirdly enough, he moved to the San Francisco area um, a little bit before Toby left. Um, you know, he had game, he had a local game store, Scott, you know, Scott works inside Wizards of the Coast. Um, the, the thing is that none of them have the same kind of bully pulpit that I do to write about their commander experiences. So I think that, I think that people thinking that, um, that my local environment is the only one that matters, uh, is just an artifact of the fact that I'm, I'm also the only one that really ever talks about it. Uh, to the specific question, it's the, the answer is we're active. Um, we pay attention to forums, you know, the official forums. There are other websites that we go to. Uh, we we read social media. There's a there's a relatively new Facebook group um, called Magic the Gathering EDH Commander or something very much like that, um, and it's got like. 18,000 members or something. Uh, so we, you know, when people talk, we pay attention. Um, certainly my travel has been limited, uh, both going back to school and then, um, with my health issues, but Toby, Scott, Gavin still frequently travel to events. Um, that, you know, they're out talking to people about it. Um, so we're just, you know, we, we keep ourselves in the mix. It's, um, it's in our own best interest to make sure that we understand uh, what and how people are talking about and what they're saying about the format. And you firmly believe that that's enough to kind of suss out where the, prob where the problems are and whether or not some problems have been alleviated? Well, I mean, we, we're, we're four pretty experienced magic people, right? Um, yeah. And A little bit. And we have <laughs> we have the strongest attachment to this for, the, to the format. Um, you know, we ha it, it's it's a, a child of sorts. Uh, yeah. We don't really have that much. We don't have anything like a real business or fiscal investment in it. Um, it's it's a labor of love. So it really it does behoove us to make sure that. Um, that the, the folks who love it with us have their say. Well, <clears throat> what would you say to the people out there who, and this is the most common um, criticism I've seen leveled at the rules committee, who say, right, guys, your format that you effectively created has gone way beyond you, probably beyond what you thought it would ever do. It's now the second most popular format of, certain statistics are correct and it's a fully supported with product lines etc from wizards it's time to hand over your baby to wizards and say you guys manage this this is bigger than us we can't slash shouldn't handle such a huge responsibility oh, so i'm simultaneously condensing a couple of things but also paraphrasing at the same time i know so uh, take your time to answer that well uh, my my first thought is that at least from an administrative standpoint, I'm not sure that there are too many groups of four people that have more experience than Toby, Scott, Gavin, and I. 
you know, we're talking Toby and I, Toby and I between us have, have had judged like a quarter of the pro tours of the, in the modern era, you know, Scott manages organized play programs. We have a lot, we, we have a fair amount of experience. So saying that, you know, that, that this has grown beyond you, I, I'm not sure it has actually. And that's coupled with the fact that even when it, even as it's big, it's also small. Um, there's, there's a particular, there's a particular thing that we're doing that we're trying to accomplish here. And I think we've talked about this nearly every time I've been on the show, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's a vision and there are a lot of people who say, well, you know, there are commander tournaments. So now commander is a, is a competitive format. Hmm. There are commander tournaments in spite of the fact that commander is a social casual format. Um, and one doesn't necessarily have to impact the other. Um, if people want to run commander tournaments, more power to them. Uh, that's not what we, that's not what we're doing. And the success of the format is in no small part due to the fact that we stayed true to the vision. Um, that it's not it's it's the it's the respite from competitive formats uh and it's and we're never going to let it be um just another magic format it's going to be the best format that it can be on its own terms that seems reasonable (laughs) (laughs) do you know sheldon every time we have you on uh i will always get messages saying that uh we i we we're not hard enough on you, and we didn't <laughs> attack you. Go ahead. Um, yeah, and I always say, "Well, those are all directed at Sean." Often, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Am I the attack dog of the episode? I doubt it. <laughs> I, I I don't normally even respond to those emails. I'm like, "Well, this is because you feel something. I'm I'm not your mouthpiece. So perhaps I agree with the rules committee or something." But yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. It's whenever Sheldon comes on, we do get accused of kind of taking it easy on on our guest. It isn't that we don't want to challenge our guests. We do want to challenge the guest. It's just that I think we agree with Sheldon more frequently than not. We've done uh, exercises a couple of times, like what's the first thing you would do if you were on the rules committee and. It's sort of, you know, I think every, every person likes to second guess the rules committee. But without the rules committee, it'd be, I mean, people would be playing with Primeval Titan and Protean Hulk and, oh, wait a second. Oh, uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> but it would be the Wild West and it would be unfun. And I really think that the format would be less healthy because of it. Some of the arguments I've heard is that maybe uh, Wizards of the Coast should take it over mm. and... I, I don't know if they actually have the bandwidth to do it, despite Gavin obviously being on uh, on staff. Scott. I have um, another point to that. And Scott Larrabee, right. So, Scott, right. Scott's on staff. Current rules committee is, you know, four guys, all ex-judges and experienced magic players sitting around and making committed decisions about format. What do you think Wizards are going to do? Like, it will be <laughs> four guys. Just like us. Not necessarily guys. Each. Four people just like us. Yeah, sitting around making decisions about the format. Yeah, that's um Scott may have actually uh, Scott was a TO and I like back in the late 90s and I think being a TO came with a level 3 judge card as well. So, if you count it between the four of us, that's 17 judge levels. 
<laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> right, five five four three. Um, so yeah, I I, I think that I, I certainly if Wizards of the Coast wants to take it over, um, it's their intellectual property, right? Uh, there's 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 actually not that much that we could or would want to do. Um, fortunately, we have a good enough relationship where that's you know that's not really likely to happen. Or if, you know, or if they did, they would probably include us. The real thing is, I think you're right that they don't really have the bandwidth, and it's it's better for them to to farm it out to to the interested parties, and that's us. I will say that we're getting to the point where some new blood might not be a terrible idea. Hey, maybe we should get some podcasters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to ask a little bit later before uh, we make him too uncomfortable <laughs> if we could actually observe a committee meeting. I mean, we even have the, the hooded robes. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that's the no is the short answer. <laughs> We've long agreed that we actually don't talk about specifically what any one committee member voted or brought up during the meeting. Yeah. And that way, you know, that way we're, we're never set against each other. Oh, you know, oh, you wanted to keep Protein Hulk banned, but Toby wanted to blah, 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 and so forth. So we're, I mean, we're, we're united on the decision. Um, the, I mean, the, 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 the great thing is we, we obviously, Toby and Scott came to take care of me when I was sick. So we're, we're all pretty good friends, right? We trust each other and we trust each other. We, you know, we, we have a system for deciding how we ban and unban cards and we trust each other to not try to game the system. You know, we, we have the enough rapport that that's not going to happen. Yeah. I, you know, some, some fresh blood, some, some representation from other demographics wouldn't be awful. So we'll see. We're, I think we're going to be. Uh, we're going to be looking at the community very hard to see hmm. who's who's worth considering. Look at that, everybody. Now, if that didn't just excite half the audience, please, I don't know what could possibly do please, it. Please, uh, I'll offer this caveat. No one send me an email with a resume of why <laughs> you should be on the rules committee. <laughs> oh, send them to us. We'll read them. That'd be funny. Uh, matter oh, of fact, yeah. yeah, matter of fact, I hereby deputize Phil DeLuca to receive all emails uh -oh. regarding this topic. Cast at commanderandmtg.com. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> yes, absolutely, listeners. Send us your bona fides, if you will, your resumes for why you should be on the Rules Committee. I don't want anybody to misinterpret what I just said, that, that there's a great RC search going on or anything. <laughs> it's just that, you know, the topic has come up. And if there are, if we find exceptional individuals in the, um, in the broader community, we would consider them. Mm -hmm. Please note, no resumes. <laughs> Sean works with many exceptional individuals. Oh, I do. But you know, they're <laughs> genuinely committed. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are in every sense they're of the word. In every, <laughs> literally, this, this is one of the times when literally works. Indeed, not figuratively. Um, so, 
So, That's right. So listeners, send us your resumes, cast at commanderandmtg.com. We will go through them. Sean has just volunteered. In fact, he texted me in, in Skype chat that he would go through every one of them personally. So I'll choose some highlights. Uh, <laughs> you know, I know, a th- I know a thing or two about English, both on this side of the pond and on Sean's side. That's called taking the piss, right, Sean? Correct. That would be an accurate <laughs> idiom, sir, yes. Yes. <laughs> That's excellent. All right. So, so uh, Protean Hulk, what happened? Uh, well, I'll read quickly read Protean Hulk first. Protean Hulk was unbanned uh, this week. Or oh, actually, when you listen to this, it will be a couple of weeks ago. So, Protean Hulk, five green green creature beast, six six. When Protean Hulk is put into a graveyard from play, search your library for any number of creature cards with a total converted mana cost of six or less and put them into play. Then shuffle your <laughs> library. Excuse me a minute. I need a moment. So you're not you're you're not you're not reading the oracle uh, text of that. Right? I'm reading the one that Gatherer gave me. That would be when Protein Hulk dies. Search your library for any number of creature cards with total converted mana cost of six or less, and then put them onto the battlefield. Then shuffle your library. Dies in battlefield. Yep. So did you just have like forty of these laying around, Sheldon? Is that what happened? Uh, no. As a matter of fact, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> A number effect, like with like with most decisions, it's not it's not generally a single thing. Uh, it's a culmination of factors, um, and like we talk about in the announcement, uh, there were a number of factors that that got us here. Uh, support within the community had been uh, tilting toward Protean Hulk for some time. You know, there's there there was always this creep of. Um, uh, you know, what do you guys think about unbanning Cardian Hall? What do you think? What do you think? And um, more and more, I saw support for it than people like, oh, no, don't ever do that. That's that's an awful card. Inside the committee, um, we've been leaning that way ourselves for a while. Uh, but we just didn't we didn't have the, the consensus that we wanted. Um, and after we met this past time, um, we did. Uh, what the difference was between... April 2017 and January 2017, I'm not necessarily 100% sure, but it, you know, it was, we were comfortable with it. I would say that this is probably the riskiest move we've ever made. We know the, stru- the card's going to be strong, <laughs> uh, but we just don't yeah. think that it's going to be the centralizing factor that it once could have been. Uh, you know, back when it was banned, creatures were way worse. Creatures in the 21st century are pretty strong you know look at look at some of the things that you're playing with now compared to 1999 and the creatures are just way better so there's to to some extent protein hulk has come back to the field or the field has caught up to it uh so it it, we didn't see it as the outlier that it was and certainly graveyard control is a million times better than it was even 10 years ago um and graveyards are the issue, you know, like they're they're, they're sort of the heartstrings of Protean Hulk, right? Yeah, I guess people's problem with Hulk Protean Hulk is the the sort of effectively two card I win combinations with it. The two that spring to mind are 
Protein Hulk and any sack outlet to go get Karmic Guide, Viscera Seer, Reveilok, hey, look, all the cards in my deck are onto the battlefield. Um, yeah. Or, or the Flash, Protein Hulk, I win. Sure. In that in that regard, I mean, I think you're. I think those are two separate issues, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because we're talking about one, an early combo win, and two, uh, just the sort of I win card. And the the first, the the you know, if somebody turned to Hulk Flash win, um, okay, uh, the fans, the 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 fan base that we're targeting isn't building that deck. Uh, in that regard. Protein Hulk is exactly the same as her Hermit Druid. Right. <laughs> a if, card I've run many times. <laughs> if you if if you're gonna if you're gonna build that, you're gonna build that. And uh the only the only people that are gonna the only players that are gonna build that are the ones that are outside the targeted demographic anyway. Um the you know, no no nobody that is that is truly a social casual player is gonna is gonna build Hulk Flash. Um, nobody that's a, that's truly a social casual player is building the turn two, turn three Hermit Druid kill deck, right? Yeah, I would agree with you a hundred percent on that. And and I personally think it should be unbanned. Just lay my cards on the table. That I agree with the unbanning. I think it's a a neat thing to do. And there's I think there's way more bannable quote unquote cards out there than Protein Hulk. I think. The battle cry of people who say this is a bad idea will be the people that play a lot of pickup games at their LGS, where they have less control over who they're playing with. Um, but I think there's also many other cards on those particular people who are going to play in that environment and then complain about combo kills. They probably have an internal conflict which is unresolvable by the rules committee. Right. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think I agree with that. And uh, the Protein Hulk being available to that to that player doesn't, to me, statistically significantly change any of the math. They're uh, they're gonna they're gonna you know it's almost it's almost a boolean, right? They're gonna they're gonna build that end or they're not. And you know, if you want to break the format, it's really easy. Uh, so mm, tooth and nail single handedly breaks the format. Uh, only if you get creatures. Yeah, two for nail. Go get a um. I don't know. Kiki Jiki's as conscripts. I win. Hey guys, I've got a one card combo win there. Effectively. Did you see last Thursday night? Uh, we were playing at the at the game shop. I had a Sutra Priest in play, <laughs> and there were a bunch of creatures. And one of one of the players, Luis uh, Aguilera, great guy. Love Luis. Plays tooth and nail entwined, and I mean it, he's he did. Luis is uh, one one of the reasons I really like him is he understands exactly where the line is, right? So he's not tooth and nailing for um uh for Mike and Trike. He's tooth and nailing for whatever the value you know whatever value there is. So he tooth and nail, and Anthony responds by mirror weaving my suture priest. <laughs> <laughs> so each of the dozen or so creatures in play becomes suture priest. Uh, <laughs> uh, nice. And Luis, I mean, Luis is, was at like 18 or something. And uh, after the fact, he realized that putting the creatures, the two creatures in the play from Protein Hulk is a may. So he didn't actually have to do it. But he, he said, 
he said, you know what? Even if I would have realized it at, the, at that time, I'd have done it anyway because that was such a cool play. Yeah, it's funny. Those are the notes that we're trying to, to hit in Commander, right? We're not... Nobody Nobody remembers the tooth and nail for for the win combo. Everyone's going to remember the tooth and nail when somebody mirror weaved a suture priest. Yes. <laughs> and those. you know, those are the those are the games that people are going to be talking about later on. We talk about moments like that on the show all the time when yeah, when we talk about our, yeah, what have we been playing? We'll often bring up um Oh, this cool thing happened stuff. And that's the beauty of the format, isn't it? You see strange combinations that involve cards from all over Magic's history doing strange things at strange times in the game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and that's the... We're, we're, we're looking for games that create memories. Going back onto Protein Hulk. Sure. So I'm going to try and be um, uh, yeah, you devil's can, advocate here. I, I, be, be as attacky, be as attacky as you think that your uh, that your listener. Well, because I agree be. with you. So I'm... <laughs> no, well, the same argument can be used for Leovold, right? The people who are we'll going to build that are going to build that, Ugh. and the people who aren't won't. And so, how come Protean Hulk can come off the list, and you expect essentially this the the social contract to protect playgroups, and yet not protect us against Leovold? Leovold accidentally wrecks games even when you're Leobold Leobold is so strong that that even if you don't build it full of wheels uh it's oppressive um I I in fact I in fact did that and I'm I've subsequently found out you know talking to some folks online that I wasn't the only one that you know you can you know the 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 bad part of Leobold is that most people are not going to be able to resist putting Teferi's Puzzle Box in their deck. Mm. But even the Leobold with no wheels in it, just your card advantage is so crazy good that even playing suboptimal cards like Kami of the Crescent Moon and <laughs> Dictate a Crufix and Howling Mine? Temple Bell. Yeah, the, the you know, the, the, the stuff, like even Greedy Jace. You just draw all these cards and nobody else does, and uh, it's obvious that it was it was just oppressive. And I, in the ensuing, you know, in the last few days, I've heard very few. I've, I've actually heard very few. We really liked Leobold, unless it was I liked Leobold because I all won all the games that I ever played in. I'm gonna lay my cards out on Leobold as I did on Protein Hulk. I am not gonna sit on the fence in this one. I hate this card. <laughs> it's so bad. It is the antithesis of the format. The format is a fun and social game. Leovold is the exact opposite of that. He is that guy that only owns uh, a combo out Narset deck. That's the only commander deck he has and takes great pleasure in wrecking everyone's commander games at the LGS and wonders why he's not invited to so many tables yeah. in card form. One of the things that we try to make sure of with the the ban list is not taking the game away from players. Losing is going to happen, right? Magic's a game. Yeah. Winning and losing is going to happen. Not having the chance to play is something we'd rather avoid. And oh, Leovold Beautifully put. Leovold is the is the 
flag waiver for you don't get a chance to play it's very true i remember when it was printed the first time i saw people going yeah well, new salt i commander this guy's really good and i was like this guy is the opposite of what <laughs> this format should be promoting. yeah yeah we um I, we did after um after conspiracy 2 came out uh oh, sorry conspiracy take the crown came out yeah <laughs> one piece of feedback that that we on the committee had Scott take back to the to folks in R and D is that sometimes stapling two different abilities onto one creature is not the best. <laughs> Leobold, you know, Leo, I I love, and the reason I would I would love to play him is the not nasty ability, the one that a lot of people forget he even has. Yeah, yeah. If you target my stuff, I draw a card. That seems okay, right? That doesn't seem perfectly reasonable. Seems perfectly reasonable. Yep. But the the other ones, like, oh my goodness, and I was trying to. <laughs> No one's targeting your stuff because no one's got any cards in that game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out how I would word a Leobold's ability so that if if you have Leobold and you make me draw cards, I still get to draw them. But if I try to make me draw cards, I can't. When we had the designer of this card on the show... Um... Ben Hayes, he said uh, he designed level to be fair and mm-hmm. nobody had complained over Spirit of the Labyrinth. And when I said, <laughs> well, it's not fair because it, it's intrinsically not fair because if one the player controlling the evolve gets the benefit and Spirit of the Labyrinth isn't your commander or Abzan, like the commander is the important part. Yeah. Yeah. Because you always have access to it. I think access to the two... Well, Saltai, sorry, not Abzan. Forgive me. Uh, it's because Spirit's white. I thought Abzan. Um, also, yeah. Spirit of the Labyrinth isn't in the most power... Arguably, the most powerful uh, shard slash wedge available. <laughs> if Leovold was mono-white, no one would have a problem with it. Uh, I don't know about that. And but... if you stack rank these by card draw, right... Then these are the top three colors for card draw. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, no one's sorry to see Leovold go except for the 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 people who, uh, you know, only had two decks. Now they're down one and they have to go back to Narset. Yeah. The the worst. <laughs> the, the the worst. Uh, I felt. I you know people people can call me names or yell at me or whatever and it doesn't it really doesn't bother me um the worst i felt monday evening was i get up i get a facebook message from a guy uh who i'm guessing is a you know relatively new commander player and a relative and like a a definite casual um player he says i just got a copy of Leobold for my anniversary I was like, oh man. Wow. <laughs> well, does his spouse hate him? Uh, I mean, the only thing I could think to say was, um, was, well, it's not going to lose its value. Uh, Le- Leobold wasn't an expensive card because of Commander. No. Right. right. So it, yeah. Um, but it was just, yeah, I was just sort of the, um, it was it was the See, sad it was the sad puppy uh, moment of the evening for me. You know, I kind of look at that person's spouse though as uh, 
the the emperor to Luke. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if the spouse didn't even you know, what if what if person says, uh, "This is what I want," uh, and the, the you know the partner doesn't doesn't play magic. So they can't really mm. they're not really that evil. <laughs> anyway, so I think I think one of the points I want to make uh, based on the question you asked earlier is why Protean Hulk uh, and Leia Bold, you know, or you know, you you ask a comparative question, and I want to make sure that that everybody understands that cards aren't evaluated compared to each other; they're evaluated compared to themselves only. Um, now. If there's an identical card in Magic, of course, you know we we course, we wouldn't right. we wouldn't ban grizzly bears and then not ban rune claw bears. Your days are numbered, bears. <laughs> Your bears, <laughs> that's right. Ethan Flush is crying listening <laughs> to this. Um, in cards are cards are evaluated individually, um, and uh, we 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 certainly don't ignore what other cards are in the format. Um, but when uh, when you say, well, this card is the same as that card, it's it's rarely not quite accurate. There are some that are very similar. I get the I get the comparisons between Protean Hulk and Tooth and Nail, mm. but they're not the okay. same card. So may I raise an observation? Sure. So I agree. You shouldn't comparing. You know, so people have said, oh, well, if Protean Hulk's getting banned, surely Prime Time should be unbanned. No. You shouldn't make that kind of comparison. Right. Could I suggest then? And I think I'm echoing. I thought I agreed with that Josh Lee Choir and the Command Zone put forward. Like in your written, by your, I mean the, rather than Sheldon specifically, uh, written sort of statement about this banning and unbanning, you compared Protein Hulk to Coca Show. And I think that's a really sloppy comparison. Like one can be a commander, one can't be, one's. Um, has an effect that can come out and end a game, the other one can't. Not 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 as actually so, so. Like if we're saying we shouldn't compare cards, I think that was a bad comparison, personally. Right, but I didn't compare the cards. Okay. Yeah, you compared the effects. Yeah, I compared the effects that that people are gonna and may, maybe maybe I should have articulated this uh, better in the announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, that that we see that we see that this is gonna end up like Kokoshu did when everybody was like. Oh my God! You unbanned it. The format is over. Mm. Um, and then a few weeks later, everybody realizes that it's it's strong, but it's not it's not broken. Right. Uh, that was what I. That, that's really what we were going for there. Okay. I think people have not interpreted that uh, release press release. Whatever okay. you want to call it in that's, that, that way. That, that's a that's fair. And uh, yeah, we can take steps to. Um, to, to correct or yeah, mitigate some of that. So, Patron Henry Stukenborg, he asked about uh, the comparison as well, but we'll skip that since you answered it. But he also asked, what are the odds that Protean Hulk ever makes his way back onto the band list? What would it take? Um, well, like I said earlier, I, it's, it's probably one of the, one of the um, chancier things that we've done in a long, long time. Uh, what it would take would be for it to become an over-centralizing card. Yeah. If someone plays turn one Hulk Flash, it's it's 
not it's not going to be a reason to get banned. Um, if everybody is just cloning, stealing, bribering, you know, you know, if if Protean Hulk becomes what Primetime was or Sylvan Primordial was, then it would go back. Uh, we, of course, don't see that that's the likely scenario, uh, but it's if it does, then we'll take action. May I interpret your words for just a moment? Sure. What you're really saying is play responsibly, trolls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when uh, you start snap banning things because it's very powerful, that's the slippery slope, isn't it? Yeah, uh, there's there's this uh, we have this idea about the folly of cascading bans. You know, if this, then that, um, and strong. Uh, we like strong cards. One, I mean, you you make memories with strong cards, um, and we we love being the the sort of battle cruiser format. Uh, so you can't just ban everything that wins a game um, until. All you have left are crawl worms. Um, <laughs> right, you want you want strong cards. Well, uh, I mean, we could all just play with grizzly bears, but as you said before, you're banning them. So, yeah, yeah, bears. They're bad news. Oh, terrible! And only <laughs> us older folk will get that. So, <laughs> right. So, Sheldon, this won't make it to the air. I promise. Treat every mic like it's open all the time. I happen to know the editor. Um, what's the <laughs> rules committee's over under on Protean Hulk being rebanned? I've got eighteen months. That's a number. <laughs> you guys are kind of cautious. Otherwise, it would be a little shorter. So, Leovold took seven months to ban. We called right. it day one. Yep, <laughs> we literally did. We put him on the watch list and said this won't make it the year. That's. I mean, it's a good call. Uh, and I, you know, what, again, we're we're relatively conservative with with putting stuff on and bringing it off, unless it's just so obvious, like Grizzlebrand was, yeah, <laughs> um, or Worldfire, or you know, the, you know, there are a few that's like, oh my god, and then most everything else, we really want to give the chance, right? Yeah, and Paradox Engine has only been out for like two months now. Yeah, I'm not sure that's getting banned. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I I hear more talk about how dangerous Paradox Engine is than see evidence that it is. Hmm. Right? I mean, I you know, I haven't seen a lot of reports of Paradox Engine is taking over our our games and making them miserable. We'll see how it does with Vault of the Oracle, which lets it to effectively yeah. put your deck into play. So you hit a land. Yeah. You need... <laughs> It's not too much work to put most of your permanents into play. I don't know. I, mean, I disagree with Phil. I don't think Paradox Engine's that broken. I play with Brea artifact shenanigans, so I'm going to support my babies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if there were such a thing as um, a watch list for Commander... I, yeah. can un- I would understand um, Paradox Engine being on it. Yeah. We maintain such a watch list, sir. I don't know you, if you're aware of that. Well, you know what? You can maintain your watch list right next to all the resumes. 
I think there might be a uh, Dill Faluka resume in this pile. Somewhere. <laughs> I'll read that one out. Henry Stukenborg, you may have heard his name already this episode. He's just a question engine. Yeah, we do take questions from other Patreons, by the way. Just Henry is not only sends us a lot of questions, but normally well-written and, um, and interesting questions. Like this one, he says... Somebody that Levo was banned unnecessarily because he, quote, dies to Doom Blades. Okay, it's not just Doom Blade, but dies to removal. I'm curious, Sheldon on how available answers factor into the committee's deliberation. So how does things like dice to removal and the um, availability of things like that come into the decision to ban a card or unban a card? I'd say say more obliquely um, than... It's because because it's, it's, it's yes and no, right? It's It's... It's, it's a consideration, and it's not a consideration at all. This sort of, this considerative uh, superposition. Um, we're, we're aware of the other cards that are in Magic. Um, <laughs> right? Uh, but the fact, that, the fact that there are answers really isn't that much of a, uh, of a criterion. Uh, sure... Leobold does die to Doomblade, but... Uh, if you can hold it. So if you're lucky yeah. enough to be holding one when he gets cast, yeah. And, yeah. And, and be able to cast it, and yeah. And the and, Sultai and, player and, with Leobold isn't holding the count spell. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, okay. Um, it's in this weird ground that uh, we, we understand how magic operates. Um, and... Uh, that there are answers to a thing isn't really that much of a factor. It's just got me thinking now. If Leovold was color-shifted to be mono-white, would he have been banned? Yes. You think? <laughs> because Why? Because of what he does. Yeah, but right, there's, already a, there's already a mono-white card that does what he does that's the same thing. I know it's not a commander, but it's not exploitable in the same way. In mono white, and it would be arguably a mono white effect because there's a precedent of that being a mono white effect. Right, but I mean, unless a card says you can only play this in a mono white deck, it's going to get played in other colors. You know, it's going to get played in a bent deck. True, but you don't have automatic access to him. I always think being effectively the eighth card in a hand, being the commander. Mm-hmm. If he's in a bent deck, he's not in the command zone. So sure. I always think that make chucks a considerable power consideration onto the quote-unquote brokenness of a card. Yeah, no, I the, certainly. The, the, the fact that, that Leobold is constantly available... Which is not in a band deck, you see. <laughs> but if he was constantly <laughs> available in a mono-white deck, and it is a mono-white ability, his first ability, mm-hmm. I would, if I were on your rules committee, I would... And, and that were what he was, I would say. He doesn't get banned. So I actually think the fact that he is in the You have the to three, submit the resume like everybody else, Sean. Yeah. The fact he's in the three best colors in the format, all on his card, massively affects his power level. Yeah, which which is, which is I, I think, more of an indirect effect than a direct effect. That's it's, when it's... It's, um, it's a consideration that's... It, that's there, not that we go, 
okay, if Leobold wasn't a commander, would we uh, would we ban him? Yeah, or if he was not Saltai. Right. Or boil it down more, Simic. Yeah. Mm. Well, we'll have to see if they make a card like that. We'll cross that bridge, as it were, when we get to it. So just this ties in because it's talking about considerations for bannings, and, I, and like to me, color availability is and command availability is always in my forefront when I think about cards that are banned or unbanned. It's like, well, yeah, this is available as your commander art. This is in this particular color combination, which makes it easier to make it oppressive. Anyway, well, it's it, but it's it's not the fact that it's easier to make oppressive. It's that it that is demonstrably oppressive, <laughs> right? That that people that that players that you know there could be there could be something with um uh, with random dot card that is just miserable, but nobody has ever played it. Oh, I'm trying and, to think of cards that are like that. I'm sure they're out there. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I don't know. Um. Right. Uh, naked singularity, or <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Um, stasis. Stasis is a miserable card that you don't see outside of specifically tuned stack stacks. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, the part of the part of the consideration is are commander players using it um, uh, a lot in a fashion that makes it awful. <laughs> Interesting. It's not what yeah. it does, it's the way that you do it. To some extent. To, to, to a reasonable extent. Hmm. Um, you know, I, we didn't need much evidence we didn't need much evidence that Grizzlebrand or Worldfire were going to be off. What a stupid card. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, so we have uh, exhausted this topic we have found out why Protean Hulk was unbanned, and it's a risky maneuver, but okay. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, there may or may not be a betting pool. And uh, found out why Leovold was banned, and it's because it needed to be. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, we're not very balanced here, because we're all in agreement that that card should be mm-hmm. banned. We said it on day one. Oh my goodness! It's, it's yeah. a side question. Has there ever been a card printed, Sheldon? Feel free not to answer this if you don't want to. That you've just read on new a new card, just read and immediately gone. Well, that's going on the non-existent list. We knew kind of from the get-go that we that Grizzlebrand wasn't going to make it. <laughs> um, just uh, you, you read the card once, and I, so I, I, we actually we actually did. Um, Talk, you know, it was like, oh my god, emergency ban, Grizzle Brand. And we discussed amongst each other, like, sort of um, casually, not at, at, a, at a meeting. Um, so, if we were to not ban Grizzle Brand, what would our argument be? And we really couldn't come up with anything. You know, uh, at this point, five very smart people just couldn't come up with anything. It's like, um,. That you draw it in batches of seven limits. Uh, no, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do pay seven life as long as he doesn't have life. Thing. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because uh. <laughs> um, uh, dies to removal. He I'm does playing, die to. Um, he does die to. I was going to say terror, but he doesn't die to terror. Swords to plowshares. Swords to plowshares. 
<laughs> which ironically gives you the life back, and then you just uh, yeah. respond by drawing seven more cards. Yeah, it's awful. But yeah, the, the, that was a that was a card that that we knew right away, and uh, and obviously the the aforementioned world fire interacts pretty badly with the rules of the format. Okay, we have some Patreon questions for you. Fire away. Oh, we on the time limit. Well, that's that's what I'm uh, I'm trying to get to. It's like midnight for. I'm good. No, it's one a.m. for yeah. Sheldon. I'm good. I'm I'm good. Another half hour or so. Awesome. All right, let's do lightning round on these then. Okay, I'll start reading them. Um, this first question, Phil, we've asked a million times on this show when Sheldon's on. Should we skip it? It's the infect question. Or or we just say uh, Henry wants to know when why infect is still ten instead of fifteen. Yes. Yeah. Be- because uh, because ten versus fifteen doesn't matter. Attractive players might disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Henry also asks: Is it true the rules committee meets only in the subterranean lair in Florida to make these decisions? Uh, it's clear that Henry isn't uh, aware of the ground in Florida. Um, in most of the state, right. there, are, there are no underground layers because the water table is uh, you know like about two feet underground. Uh, so if you if you dig a cellar or have a basement, uh, it turns into a pool very quickly. Henry, it's like Houston. He's from Texas. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, now. he's from Florida. He just lives in Texas. Okay. Oh, yeah. So he's forgotten. So he still he knows what it's like to live in an uninhabitable swamp. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Full of crazy people, eh? Uh, <laughs> uh, patron private... Hunter Pruitt, he has, uh, by the time this drops, he's just gone to Paris Island. How about that? Uh, are we likely to see other cards removed from the ban list in the future? Hmm. Well, first, Gif- first, first of gifts all. Gifts ungiven. Yeah. Gifts ungiven. No, it's, I'm not, I, wouldn't <laughs> hold my, I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. Oh. Um, uh, first of all, uh, let's, let's thank um, Hunter Pruitt for his uh, service. Yes, sir. Or her service. I guess Hunter is, could be. It's a, a he. He's definitely a he. Carlton Hunter Pruitt. He's also okay. Texan. Okay. I, I'm, I'm he's s- not a Texan. Is he born in Texas? Theme. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he lives in the panhandle, though. Anyway, <laughs> going to Paris Island is not is not one of those easy things that you do. So, um, Is that joining the army? Thanks. That's the, that's the U.S. Marine Corps. Okay. <laughs> Which, yeah. You know, I spent 20 years in the Air Force... Air Force Air Force basic training is a day at the beach compared to Marine Corps basic training. <laughs> well, they have six weeks at the beach, don't they? <laughs> well, Air Force has six weeks, but it's yeah, I know, no, I know he's. It's, I, I, it's I can't believe he he chose the Marines too. It was uh, uh, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna choose a service, I mean, they you know. Oh, I'm not sliding the Marines. Yeah, they have the best uniforms. True. True. Hunter is a baseball fan, and because of him, I own more Texas Rangers swag than any Baltimore <laughs> Orioles fan should legally own. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, I might, we, might, we might have words now, Sean. <laughs> Have having, having, gr- having grown up in Baltimore and maintained my, uh, my loyalty to the, to the Orioles ever since... Well, there we yeah. go. Yeah, many a photo of me wearing a uh, wearing a bit of orange and black, sir. I'm, I was at the seventh game of the 1979 World Series when they lost to Pittsburgh. Ah, oh, that's weird. Well, some of the baseball swag I bought on my recent vacation to Texas was I managed to find a, a Cal Ripken jersey in the middle of Austin, Texas, for some reason. But you know, that's crazy. They must have known I was there. 
so let's get let's get back to <laughs> to Hunter's question about <laughs> the likelihood of other cards removed being removed from the ban list. Um, I, I'd say that other cards are as likely or as unlikely to to be removed from the ban list in the future as they were yesterday. You know, ju- just because we moved removed one now doesn't um, doesn't mean any kind of fundamental shift in our philosophy. Uh, it reflects the fact that that magic fundamentally shifts, that commander fundamentally shifts as new cards come into the format or as time goes by. Uh, you know, like we talked about a little earlier, a lot of other creatures caught up to Protean Hulk, um, and it wasn't such it wasn't such a uh, for us a card that was going to over centralize the game anymore. Um, so if we see other examples, sure, uh, we're certainly not afraid to take a card off the ban list. Um, uh, you know, we've discussed in some of my previous times on the show. We do we do a thought exercise every every meeting. We argue for removing a card from the ban list. It's good. It's good for us because it keeps us thinking. Uh, it keeps our critical skills uh, skills sharp, um, and it's good for the format. You know, it's 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 good to know that we're not just relying on oh um, that protean Hulk. It was bad back in the day. It's probably still bad. Um, so I, I think that putting always putting fresh eyes on things is a good idea. So there there certainly is a chance that that we might see other cards removed from the ban list. Um, mm-hmm. There are some that just they're staying there. Grizzlebrand. I can't see a scenario in which balance would ever come off the ban list. Oh, balance is rough. There's a Gosh. guy in uh, play paper play group that um, doesn't read the band list very often, and he's come along with Grizzlebrand before. He's come along with Balance before. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's come along with Gifts Ungiven before, uh, which is a card I think should be unbanned, by the way, Gifts Ungiven. Make your argument. Uh, in a world where being able to dump things into the graveyard in tombs and... Buried lives, etc., exists. Gifts ungiven appears to just be a combination of that effect and brainstorm type effect. So, not brainstorm. What's the card I'm looking for? Um, fact or fiction? <laughs> fact or fiction type effect. Um, I think its reputation in other formats might be preceding it slightly to its effectiveness. And in a world, and I'm going to quote someone called Sheldonary here, in a world where graveyard hate is a much stronger thing, uh, much, much more effective now than it's ever been, uh, why would the threat of dumping cards into your graveyard not be revalued or reassessed? The, the, fact, that, the fact that it just it either gets the, the combo piece or puts the combo piece in the graveyard as an instant um, makes it pretty problematic. Vampiric uh, Cheetah gets you a combo piece as an instant. Say again? Vampiric Cheetah or any of those instant speed cheaters get you a combo piece in an instant. Yeah, but it doesn't get you all the combo pieces. <laughs> right? Gifts, Gifts Ungiven has, has the capability to get, you, to get you everything that you need. Um, it's, yeah, it's... Not all to your hand, though. And we do live in a world where graveyard hate is. It's better. Good. Yeah, I agree that it's. I agree that graveyard hate is better than it was. Um, it doesn't mean it's the complete answer to everything. Gibson mm-hmm. given 
especially at its mana cost, uh, as an instant is just, it's way too spicy. Mm, I just think in a world where Protein Hulk is, uh, you're rolling the dice figuratively on Protein Hulk, other cards which, because Protein Hulk, when you read it, if you're an uh, experienced or nuanced magic player, you read Protein Hulk and go, ooh, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think there might, as I said before, I think there's a knee-jerk reaction to what Gifts Ungiven has done in non-singleton formats and non-multiplayer formats that taints people's image of what the card can do. I'm not saying it's not exceptionally powerful, because it is, but I would say Protean Hulk is exceptionally powerful as well. It's a fair argument. Um, I think I dis- I, I disagree on the safety of one versus the other, but... well. But it's reasonable. It's a reasonably fair argument. Sheldon does need to keep some cards in reserve so that he can have a new riskiest thing they've ever done. <laughs> exactly. Also, I love combos and shooters, so obviously Gifts Ungiven is a card I want to play sure. with. Sure. Right. So. Um, so our last question is, patron and first lady of Commander and Jackie Miller asks, what is the best wine to have with pizza? And she means plain cheese pizza. Snap call uh, California Zinfandel. It has mm. it has a sufficient amount of fruit, uh, enough tannic backbone, um, and structure to be the perfect pizza wine. Look at that. All right. And we made it through lightning round with only a 10-minute uh, diversion. <laughs> uh- yeah, it was a good diversion. <laughs> It was baseball and cards. <laughs> two uh, yes, fi- two, two diversions. Two of the finest things only. in life. We've got wine in this conversation. All we need is good guitars, and we've got uh, a checklist of things I love. Sheldon, thank you for coming on the show. It's been wonderful to have you. I'm not trying to cut us short. I'm just trying to be ridiculously aware that you guys both need some sleep. <laughs> Well, you know, always thanks. Thanks for having me on. Um, we have a good time, uh, and we have some good chats. Yeah, this was great. I loved listening to you guys banter back and forth. That was fine. So, how can people reach you? Not that they're going to send you any resumes, because that's going to cast at commander at mtg dot com. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you we'll can... screen them for you, Sheldon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you can you can reach me uh, on Twitter at Sheldon Mennery. Uh, I'm also at my name on Facebook. Um, and you can catch me generally every Thursday on star city games where I write as many words as they'll allow me about commander. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes more and sometimes lots, lots more. (laughs) What a show. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Without your support, this episode wouldn't have happened. If you want to support the podcast, head over to patreon.com slash commander at MTG and donate a buck a show or more, right? No one's stopping them. And uh, don't forget to give us a five-star review on iTunes. And it's very important that folks go to the GoFundMe Sean is running so he can get to Las Vegas. Um Mm, if you go uh, search my name, Sean Watson, spelled W-H-A-T-S-O-N, in GoFundMe, you will yes, find Yes, and that. we will provide a link in the show notes. We love talking to our listeners. Remember to send your resume to us at cast at commander at mtg.com, and that's the resume, uh, or I guess an argument, wouldn't you say, uh, that justifies their being 
a member of the rules committee. We do reserve the right to read the, any particularly ah, fun yes, ones Yes, that's out. true. If you send them to us, you have to understand it's likely to be read on the air. So don't be afraid to go over the top, but do use family-friendly language. Do not use... No, I'm not going to list the words. Don't use words <laughs> such as... <no. laughs> Hear all the parents reaching for their uh, <laughs> speakers. Yes, we were just shut off of every game store in America. Um, so we are incredibly grateful to all of our patrons, exactly like these folks. Brett Mumborquet. That's a good name. That would be Mumborquet. Jesse Debley and Richarizard. Oh, that's our first Pokemon yes. Yes. patron. I'll have to check the stats. I wonder if Richarizard is sending it in from inside his <laughs> Pokeball. I'll have to check the stats and see how many people, uh, how many, how many uh, Pokeballs are uh, the source of our listeners. Um, we'll see if uh, they're beating out the Filipinos. The Filipinos go Philippines. Get them, Filipinos. <laughs> Get them. In the meantime, come play test with us, and if you donate. $10 or more per episode, you can come join our patron chat group that we host over on Facebook. Um, that's where we get a lot of our questions from. You've heard from Henry Stuckenborg and Jackie Miller and, of course, Hunter Pruitt this episode, plus more. You can reach us by going to our website, commanderandmtg.com, and our email, as we may have mentioned, is cast at commanderandmtg.com. You can find us on all the social media by searching for Commander and MTG Podcast. It's weird that, how you can find us by putting our name into a search engine. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Who knew you could do such things? Individually on Twitter, I'm at KetJack. I'm at Copain26. That's with a P. Copain26. <laughs> um, yeah, Sheldon. And as traditional, we get our guests to take us out. So, sir, the floor is yours. How am I taking this out? However you like. We normally say, and that's our show, but we again, with guests, you can do it any way you want. Say goodbye. That's right. Man, that's this is like pressure. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I, I have no idea if the spotlight were turned on me what I would do. Well, you know, I mean, you think, well, let's, let's, let's honor the tradition of the show and say, what is it that we say? And that's our show. Or, like... Be, be edgy and cool and say something like, uh, uh, you know what really grinds my gears? But <laughs> but instead, I'll say, that's our show. Go, Mandarin!